Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. Hope everyone's doing well. Hopefully you had a nice, safe Memorial Day and Memorial Day weekend. Um, you know, thank you to everybody who serves this country and who has served this country, currently serve, uh, who's made the ultimate sacrifice. Um, let's not forget what Memorial Day was about. Um, hopefully you had to spend time with friends, family, um, you know, and appreciate what it was all about. Uh, and then some people got to kick back and relax. Um, but hopefully you enjoyed that. Um, again, welcome in. Uh, before we start, make sure you hit the like button and the subscribe button on the YouTube channel. I don't know why you haven't already. If you're watching it, just, just hit the subscribe button. Um, make sure on the YouTube channel as well, you're, you know, as well as hitting the like button and subscribe button, leave comments. Um, just the last video I did on, uh, what Brian Kelly and his story about getting to LSU, there was just a handful of comments, but we can go back and forth. I'll try my best to, to get back to them. And some people, uh, by people, I mean one person, gave me some insight and gave me different thoughts and so made some good points. And that's what it's all about. So leave comments and I'll do my best to get back to them. Not a lot of people do, but the some that do, I will get back to them. That's what it's all about. Um, you know, I'm about learning and growing. I'm about having conversation unless it's about LeBron James and I will not have that conversation with you, but all the other conversations, everybody has thoughts and opinions and ideas and, you know, it's good to talk about them. So just do that on the YouTube channel. You can do that on the um, iTunes and Apple. Uh, you can get that where you listen. This podcast is where you listen to your podcast. So go do that. Leave a, you know, comment. Um, if you could also rate it, that would be, go a long way. Well, I, and then before we start as well, 
make sure you check out the Belly Up Media Network. If you go to bellyupsports.com and check out all the podcasts, blogs, media, any literally that's why it's called Belly Up Media. The old website, the old name was Belly Up Sports because it started off as sports, but now it's for everybody. There's there's tons of media there for everybody. So bellyupsports.com to check out the Belly Up Media Network. So again, like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, leave comments. Uh, I had a couple people leave comments on the last video, which was great because some don't. And then I tried my best to respond to them. And we had a conversation and, you know, one person wanted to say that they stopped listening to me a part of it through, which is fine. Another person said, you know, what about this or thought about this and talked about this and, you know, made some good points. And I said, hey, you made some good points and, you know, made me think a little bit. So that's that's what it's all about. Um, we're going to keep talking about college football and I'm sure I'll have this conversation again, but we're going to talk about college football head football coaches that are in the hot seat or have been in the hot seat heading into the summer. Summer is upon us, you know, for high school and college, college is heading into workouts. Some are still recruiting and we're getting right into it. But when you go into the summer and you're going into the season, there are some football coaches out there that are in the hot seat and maybe some that are considered in the hot seat. But for the life of me, we don't know why they're in the hot seat. So we're going to talk about who maybe shouldn't be in the hot seat, who's in the hot seat for their job. Now, before we start any of it, I have to be crystal clear, and I've talked about this before. I don't wish for anybody to get fired. I really don't. You know, I never want to get fired from my job. I never want to get fired from coaching. I don't want people to get fired. I think in my entire life, there's been one person I wanted fired, and we will not get into that conversation, but it's not been college football. It was high school. It was personal. Um, I think there's maybe one person that I could care less that got fired. But outside of that, I don't care. But um, I don't want people to get fired. But these are conversations to be had. Um, there is a list of college football coaches that are on the hot seat going into 2022. And I think there's different articles, but the one we looked at was from USA Today. Now, this is why we got to take this one with a grain of salt. They come up with some coaches that are on a hot seat. One we're going to talk about right away that should not be on the hot seat why are they in the hot seat is coach Steve Sarkeesian at Texas. One issue we have in college football coaching in general, we need to give people time. The only people that maybe don't deserve a crazy huge amount of time is in the pros because they get paid a lot of money. Now college football, they get paid a lot of money. But in the NFL and NBA, they're professionals. I think in football, you need to give them a couple years to build culture and build everything and see sustain, to see it continue to go up. We've talked about that before. We have to see some high word trajectory of what's going on. So, you know, prime example is Chicago Bears and Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy comes in, they go 12 and 4. So then. Then the next year, you're going to want to see 9, 10 to 12, 13 wins. It's hard to go in the NFL when you win 12 games one year to go the next year and say, let's win 12 games again or win 13, 14. That is very tough to do in the NFL. But you want to see some type of success. So let's say, you know, that next year you win, you know, like the Bears, they won eight games. Okay, well, we got frustrated with that, but we can live with that. The next year, you're going to see 10 wins, see some upward trajectory of, What's going on? College, it's about the same. College, you've got to recruit kids. The way the transfer portal is working out, people are transferring. But in college, it's it's kind of similar. But in college, since you're dealing with 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds, I think you have to give more time. You have to see that upward trajectory. And then if you have a bad year, that can't be the end all be all. Now the next so if you go ten and two one year, then the next year you go nine and three, that's still pretty good. You're still there. Then the next year you go four and you know you win four games. Okay. Well that is a little bit of a red flag, but it's nothing to 
be concerned about because then let's say the next year you go eight, nine, ten wins. Well, you've just added six to seven more wins or whatever to that from the previous year. Now, if you go win four games, win five games, and win three games, that's where you start to be a little bit concerned. And another thing athletic directors have to do when they look at colleges, who can they go higher? And NFL, it's similar, but you got guys that maybe weren't coaching that year, took a year off. You've got some assistants that have worked under a head coach that you want to hire. In college, you have to go find, is there successful offensive coordinators? Do people want to be head coaches uh, and, and everything else? So you have to make sure that before you make a decision like that, there is somebody out there you're going to be able to hire that's going to maybe change that. You know, there's just a lot of different things. It depends on what school you are, depending on what's been going on. And we'll talk about that here and there. But Steve Sarkeesian had his first year at Texas, and already an article has put that he's on the hot seat after one year. And this is where I have a problem with people, especially that write this stuff, that probably never played football, um, even at the high school. But they just want to talk and write about it. Here's the thing. I understand Texas is at the top. Texas is one of those schools, again, that's going to sit there and say championship, championship, championship. Even though they haven't won a championship since I believe Vince Young or somewhere in there, Mike Brown was there. It's been a while since they've won. But the thing with Texas, it's a football state. It's a football state. You've got Texas. You've got Texas A&M. It's a football state. They've got money. We talked about it with Nick Saban and Alabama trying to talk about money and Texas A&M having money for NAIL deals and, you know, Texas A&M paying players and everything else. So that's number one. That's the already type of pressure. <clears throat> Texas has been talked about trying to get Nick Saban. They have the money, but just have never pulled it off. Alabama's been able to keep him. And not saying Nick Saban was going to want to leave anyway, but that's part of it. Another thing is, if you're a Sarkeesian, you've had success in the NFL, You've had success in college. You've been a successful offensive coordinator. You have national championship under you. There's high expectations. But even if you're Texas, to me there's only one school that should have this type of amount of pressure on them is the day that Nick Saban retires. The day Nick Saban retires and somebody takes that job. That's the only time that you can make any type of justification after that first year. If they don't win a national title, they don't win 10 games of, hmm, their seat's getting a little warm. That is the only school in America that should have this. People like to think Texas is like that, but Texas is not what they were. Texas is not that type of team anymore. If this would happen right after a championship year, maybe. You could have this conversation. But here's the thing. For Texas to be where it is, to be on the down years for them, to have Sarkeesian come in and automatically, he's in a hot seat. And again, when people don't play football, when people don't immerse themselves into what goes on to building a program, you could talk to coaches, I talk to coaches, but you got to ask those questions. you got to see what makes them tick. This is the frustrating part of giving them a year. I'm talking three to five years. And the reason why I say three to five is because you guys see what happens that third year. You've seen progression during those years. You get to that third year. Okay, you get the fourth year. You're probably going to get the fifth year and then and then so on and so forth. When you give them one year, there's a problem. There is a problem when you only do it for one year and people talk about it, he's already going to be fired. Now, again, it's an article. It's not Texas talking that I know of. It's either fans are frustrated Maybe boosters are frustrated. But here's the thing. If you're a struggling program like Texas and a guy comes in, he's going to come in, he's going to change the way you think offensively. He's going to bring in guys and make change defense up. Now, offense and defense is, you know, in this day and age, you do a lot of similar things. It doesn't matter. They're going to come in and they're going to flip the offense or come in and flip the defense, culture. I'm sure Coach Sarkeesian has changed a little bit of what he's done after his time in the NFL. His time being around Coach Saban, there are things that he's going to do differently. So I'm sure even for him, the first year's trial and error. Now, according to the article, the reason why he's on the hot seat apparently going to 2022. Um, they hit rock bottom after a 5-7 and seven mark in the 2021-2022 season, which included an overtime loss to Kansas. This is probably why... He's talking about being on the hot seat because Texas isn't supposed to lose to Kansas, but people forget before, I believe, was it last year or the year before, Kansas put 50-some up on them. Coach 
Dierman, offense coordinator there at the time. Um, they're armed with top-notch recruiting class with transfer Quinn um, Ewers in the fold. There's no excuses now for Sarkeesian. Now that Lincoln Riley took his act out west, things might finally be looking up in Austin. The measuring stick will come swiftly when Alabama pays a visit on September 10th. If things don't change in a hurry, Texas will be back to firing coaches and starting over once again. Now this is where I have a problem. Texas probably will not go 5-7. and seven. Again, again, it's a rebuilding time. You can't just come in the first year. Even even Nick Saban came in and went seven and six his first year. You have to give someone time. And you're talking about Alabama coming to down. So with Texas and Sarkeesian heading in, are they really going to lose all these games? I don't think so. I mean, they got you at uh, University of Louisiana Monroe first. Texas should probably win that one. Alabama is coming to town. And I'm sorry, Alabama is going to hurt somebody that game. UTSA was pretty good last year, but I think Texas will be a lot better. Texas can win that game. They can beat Texas Tech. They can beat Virginia. Oklahoma's going to be a tough game. People are not giving Coach Venables credit. Th- people are saying, you know, the way they're talking about with Lincoln Riley leaving that Oklahoma is just going to fall apart, which is not true. Iowa State had a down year, but Texas should beat them. Oklahoma State is going to be a tough one. Should be Kansas State. TCU is going to be rebuilding. Yeah, they lost to Kansas. That's not going to happen again. They could beat Kansas um, and everything else. So they're going to go through and they're going to have, you know, some wins here. Um, you know, if you're talking about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, let's just say eight wins. And that's just, we're just going by skimming it really quick. Eight wins. Now you've got three more than the previous year. Now it's Texas fans, apparently, and people that write these articles. Oh my God, they've only won eight games. That's three more than the year before. So again, we're talking about progress from where it was. Again, when when the Alabama job comes open, it's going to be different. So Steve Sarkeesian should not be on the hot seat. He is. Don't know why, but he is. Somebody else on the hot seat that I don't think is talked about, but we're going to talk about, is Coach Shaw at Stanford. He is the head coach at Stanford. His name is on this article in the hot seat. Now, the reason why he's on the hot seat is because of the past few years. Now, he's been the head coach for 11 years at Stanford. He is 93-45. and 45. Pretty good. I think he's the winningest head coach of Stanford. I could be wrong on that. But it's been the past few years. And again, we talk about sustainability, where it's going. His first year, he was 11-2, and two, then 12-2, then 11-3, and 8-5, and 12-2, and 10-3. Nine and five, nine and four. Then I was in 2018. Then we get in 2019. That's kind of where things were starting to fall off the rails. Four and eight, then four and two with the COVID year, and then three and nine last year. So, so people don't want to count the COVID year, but people got fired after the COVID year. Coaches got let go. So athletic directors, because they played, are going to say we are still counting the COVID year. So we have to count that as screwed up as it was. So for the past three years, okay, four and eight, four and two, three and nine, okay, he's won 11 games and lost a bunch more. He is 93 and 45, win percentage of 0.674%, okay, he's won a lot of bowl games, he's lost a Fiesta Bowl, won a Rose Bowl, lost a Rose Bowl, won a Foster's Farms Bowl, Won another Rose Bowl, won a Sun Bowl, lost the Alma Bowl, and won a Sun Bowl. So he's 5-3 and three in bowl games. But his name is on the hot seat because since 2018, you have not won, had a regular, like a above 500 record. Now, in this again, we're going by just this one article I found. There's different ones. Um, in this article, the winning is coach and program history. Um he was used to getting the Stanford Cardinals to double-digit victories on an annual basis um, over and over again. Last year's team failed miserably in areas that used to be its strength, which was running the football and stopping the run. The Cardinal were among the worst in the nation at both. Um, maybe the administration gives Shaw a 
reprieved, but losing no matter where won't be tolerated for long. So I don't think his seat's on fire. I think it's warm. I think it's warm. If they win two to four games again, and he's not fired after that again, I'm not calling for him to be fired. He will, his seat will then be on fire. Again, no matter where you're at, types of records like that and sustainability, you will probably lose your job or your seat's on fire. It's just what happens, no matter where you're at. Some programs are more lenient than others. Stanford, though, is a tough place to recruit. I've been fortunate enough to talk to um, Coach Siasi, who is the offensive line coach at Brown University, which is another very high academic institution. And I asked him, you know, is it tough to recruit at a place with high academic, like a high academics like that? And he said, no, not really, because there are guys out there with good grades or guys that that means you're going to deal with smart kids and everything else, which is fantastic. I still think Stanford's a hard place to recruit. It's a hard place to make sure that you're getting the football talent, but as well as sticking up to the, standing up to the Stanford. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Woo, hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Academics and pandemic really hurt Stanford. They had to stop playing certain sports there because of this high academic institution that they are. And so he, you know, Jim Harbaugh won there and then he took over. And has won, but again, it's sustainability. So recruiting-wise, are you going to be able to get the recruits in there that are going to stick up to the Stanford, you know, high academics and then produce on the field because of the amount of money that gets put into college football and your team? I think he'll be fine this year, even if they only win four or five games. I don't think he'll be let go because, again, who are you going to bring in that's going to, to do this? And if you look, again... At the previous records, he's bought himself a little bit of time. When you go 11 and 2, 12 and 2, 11 and 3, 8 and 5, 12 and 2, 10 and 3, 9 and 5, 9 and 4, during those times, and you're 5 and 3 in bowl games, I think you bought yourself a couple years, but we're, we're getting close. Then three years of less than five wins. So those years bought you some time, but this might be the last time that you can go through this. If you go four or five wins this year, then next year you start to only go two wins. It's going. There will be rumblings for that Stanford job. Not a bad job, just a hard place to recruit. And his seat's probably a little bit warm. Another coach that's on the hot seat is Coach Norvell at Florida State. Now, what a dumpster fire of a place has Florida State been since Bowden and and Jimbo Fisher have left. Jimbo Fisher left because I think he saw the writing on the wall, and obviously Texas A&M is going to pay him a lot of money to leave. But what a dumpster fire. Their facilities are not up to snub. Um, you go through hiring a coach for a year and get rid of him. You're paying coaches to leave. Uh, you're losing recruits to Jackson State. You don't, again, talking about spending money and having awful facilities. They have, I think it was reported they have one of the worst football facilities. Now, I'm sure it's nice, but if you want to talk about comparing the others, I mean, it's not up to snub. So in the article, it says that um, his seat's warm, but he's trying to rebuild a whole culture. It's possible that Florida State will return to national prominence sooner rather than later. It's also possible that Norvell is not the coach to take him there. Losing to Jacksonville State from the FCS in 2021 doesn't help. It's been a continuing um, cycle of coaches since the late Bobby Bowden left the sideline, and Jimbo Fisher told Texas A&M that he'd be more than happy to take $75 million. 
This was less than a decade ago. The Seminoles are one of the most talented teams in the nation. Norvell is fighting an uphill battle with recruits to stay amid a culture of undisciplined and erratic play on the field and not much buzz around the program on the field because he took over a horrible program. Jubo Fisher left in a bad place. Um, then just other coaches have come in and it just has not gone well. Um, if we look at, we're going to look at Florida State football um, records over the years. Just bear with me, horrible radio. Okay. So here's what happens when you got Jimbo Fisher, who his last year went five and six, went five and six, and he saw the running on the wall. Said, I'll take $75 million and go to Texas a and Then they hire Willie Taggart from Oregon. He goes 5-7. and seven. Then the next year, already on the hot seat, he goes 4-5, and five, gone. They pay him to leave. Going 4-5 and five doesn't give him a chance to build it up. Because, again, Florida State used to be this powerhouse. Then Norvell comes in and goes 3-6 and 5-7. and, five and seven. Now, what bothers me with the whole Willie Taggart thing and the Mike Norvell thing is... You go three and six first year. Willie Tiger goes five and seven. And then Novell goes five and seven. Now Tiger was four and five, and then they get rid of him, and then the next coach um, was two and two. Now they make it into a bowl game at six and six and whatever, and they lose the Sun Bowl. So that's bothersome. So administration's not been very good. The facilities haven't been good. So this is not a place that people want to go to now. It's not a place people want to go and coach. Novell's doing the best he can, might be able to be that guy. Again, article written says it's not, but it could be. And you're now that's an upward trajectory, three and six to five and seven. But again, you're losing recruits. How are you going to be able to get recruits there? What's the facilities look like? You're talking about a culture build, and you're hearing things around the program. Not recruiting violations, but you're hearing discipline issues. You're hearing this. Now we heard discipline issues even when Jimbo Fisher was there, and I'm sure we'll hear about Jimbo Fisher discipline problems at Texas A&M. But if you look at Jimbo Fisher, 10 and 4, 9 and 4, 12 and 2, 4 and 0, 3 and 1, 10 and 3, 10 and 3, then 5 and 6. He saw the writing on the wall, let go. I mean, left and said, like, I'm going to take money. It is what it is. So, Norvell's on the hot seat because it's not necessarily his fault. It's more of a Florida State is on fire. It's not necessarily him because him being a head coach when he was at Memphis, 8 and 5, 10 and 3, 8 and 6, 12 and 2. Now, Memphis is a different animal than Florida State. It's way different animal. He is 8-13 at Florida State right now. He was 38-16 at Memphis. Overall, he is 46-29 as a head coach. He has not won a bowl game. He is 0-4. But this is more of Florida State is on fire than he is. But, again, the coach will take the responsibility. His seat is on fire. Ah, for me, it's warm. It's warm going into 2022. Football coaches, if I still have your attention, um, you know, we're again, we're heading into summer ball. Um, we got to start thinking about, you know, all the drills we're going to be doing um, in the summer, in the fall. Um, and you're looking up drills. You're trying to be more simple. Well, I've got something for you. If you go to CoachStoneFootball.com and click on Back to the Basics Drill Manuals, Coach Stone has created manuals upon manuals, books upon books, about all types of different drills. And they're simple drills that can be used at any single level. Um, so again, coachedonfootball.com. Click on Back to the Basics Drills. His very first book is over 500 pages of drills. Like, are you kidding me? You will never have to look up another drill again, I promise you. So coachedonfootball.com. Click on Back to the Basics Drill Manuals. Thank you, Coach Jones, for sponsoring this podcast and coaches still. We got to start thinking about the offensive defensive linemen in summer ball and into the season because they hit a lot. You think about individual drills. You think about team drills. They're hitting a lot. It's the only position that hits every single time. That's why it's the best. But that's a lot of blows are taken and then playing a game. Maybe two games if they're going to rotate on varsity and then they go play a JV game. Got to think about that. Even, even if they hop in on special teams or anything like that, that's a lot of hitting. Well, there's a way to protect those shells and reduce the repetitive blows those guys take each and every week, and it's Guardian Caps. If you go to guardiansports.com slash guardian-caps and use the code 15 off, it'll save you 50% off your order. I'm here to save you money. I understand how fundraising works. And there's colors for your uniforms. You want to get this because it reduces the impact up to 33%, which is huge. It's worn by over five NFL teams and 200-plus colleges like your big-time schools like Georgia, Oklahoma, and Alabama. Roll Tide. If it's good enough for them, it's good enough for us. Guardiansports.com slash Guardian-Caps. Use the code 15 off to save 50% off your order. Thank you, Guardian Caps, for sponsoring this podcast. 
So we're going to continue on with our coach's hot, warm seat. Of course, the next coach we we all know is Brian Harson. Brian Harson at Auburn's seat is on fire. And it's on fire for no reason of his own. I've done a whole talk about this. It is on fire for no fault of his own. It is Auburn's fault. It is Booster's fault. It's other people's fault other than his own. The only thing for him that he can control is how they ended the season. How they ended the season is up to him. He will take the blame for that. But the way things have been handled with him has not gone well. And again, we've talked about before, so we don't need to fully go into this. But, okay, he's he's done well as a head coach, and I'm not saying this was the right move to hire him at Auburn. You know, I am on record saying that Gus Malton probably should have kept his job there. But it is what it is. Now he goes 6-7. and seven. Now they won a lot of games, and they lost a lot of games. And they had to deal with injuries and their schedule and whatever. Another place that people think that they need to win championship after championship, even though they haven't won one since Camp Newton, but they like to think that that's there. They've made it to one with Gus. You know, they beat Alabama a couple times, but they like to think they're up this tier of trying to win championship after championship. You know, because of Alabama, they're 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 very, um, you know, jealous of that. I think. Um, now again, it's 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 fine to reach for the stars. It's fine to you know want to put yourself up there, and you know this is what we're going to do. This is what we want to do, but at the same time, it's not its not who you are. It's not how you, you are right now, so let's just take a step back. But Brian Harson's on the hot seat because of Auburn. Because they didn't want to hire him, it seems, to begin with. We've all read into that. Um, how people have talked about the way he talks to players and everything else. So his seat is hot, no for fault of his own. Again, if you want to talk about changing a culture and changing a lot of things... He went six and seven. Now this year, if he goes four games, then that's where the conversation maybe can start to flutter. But if he goes wins eight games, to me that's a much better success than what it was. Now some Auburn fans are going to say that's a total disaster. They like to think you know they're aiming for here, they're aiming for here, which is fine. But as fans, you have to be realistic with yourself. In this article, we already know. But this is the problem. They're talking about transfers leaving, and that's why some of the transfers that left didn't like the way he talked to talked to them and everything else, and you know all that stuff. I've done a whole podcast topic on this, so we don't need to continue to talk about. It. But let's just read this little snippet of this article that I'm going off of here. Um, if your program had a plethora of transfers during the offseason, assistant coaches itching to leave just a few, just as fast and near overthrow of the head coach. After he was accused of mistreating his players and staff, that coaching seat would be more than tepid. Harson denied those allegations, but nearly two dozen players and five assistants left after his first season. The university investigated and decided to keep Harson for at least one more year. If the Tigers don't at least make the SEC championship game, which is highly unlikely, um, the powers that be at Auburn will have no problem reaching to their pocketbooks to tell anyone underperforming with almost impossible expectations to exit stage left. Reading that little snippet of the article pisses me off even more. It almost makes you want to be an Auburn fan to root for Brian Harson, which I will. He came out with the podcast yesterday, I think, and it's already top of the charts in football, which is fantastic. Brian Harson might be a guy I want to talk to, and I might try. I'll just tag him on Twitter and we'll see. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous that it has to come to something like that. Again, kind of like the Sarkeesian thing. So if we look at Auburn football Tigers' schedule, let's see if he's going to make it to the SEC championship game, and this is no offense to him. He probably won't come on here after I say this. He's going to say yes. Mercer's the first game they should win. San Jose State they should win. Now, they lost to Penn State last year, but Penn State's no spring chicken either. It's not the same way it's been. Auburn can win that game. Missouri's gotten a lot better, but they can win. LSU has Brian Kelly there. It's going to be a battle, but you know they could win or lose that game. Sorry, they ain't beating Georgia. Old Miss, I don't know if you're going to win there. Lane Kiffin's done a pretty good job there. Arkansas, Sam Pittman, that's going to be a tough one. Mississippi State, you've allowed to come back. Texas A&M, you can beat. West Kentucky, you can beat. You're not beating Alabama. I am sorry. It's a tough schedule. 
And with everything going on there, other things are going to be focused on. They are not making it to the SEC championship game. So you're telling me because he doesn't make it to the SEC championship game in his second year, he's going to be fired. Now, here's the problem. Auburn paid a lot of money for Gus to leave. So the reason why they didn't get rid of Brian Harson is because they didn't. They couldn't justify paying him. They would have to pay him a ton of money to leave, and they just did it, and they couldn't justify it. So they were trying to find ways to fire him. They were trying to find cause. If they can fire him for cause, because win-loss record is not cause. Cause is recruiting violations. Cause is calling a player something and this and that. If there's a lawsuit, something done. There has to be some type of cause. They couldn't find it, so they had to keep him. Boosters were going into the years of administration. If I'm Brian Harson, a part of it would have been, I'm going to leave. Screw this, I'm leaving. But then a part of him and the competitive side of all of us is going to sit there and say, uh-uh, I ain't leaving. I ain't leaving. Staying right here. We're, we're going to get it done. I'm going to show you. Which makes me a fan. So I sit here and say, I kind of hope Auburn does okay. Hope they kind of win now, even though I'm a Gus Malzahn fan. But now because of this, as a fellow coach, it's not right. It's not right what's happened. It's not a good thing. So he's on the hot seat for no fault of his own. First year at a place that was apparently going downhill. Now, it's because I believe they were 5-0, and 6-0, and and then they lose these games. They were up big on Mississippi State, and then they allowed him to come back and win. And I'm a Mike Leach fan. We all know this. So those type of things happen, and yes, your, your seat's going to get hot. It's going to be warm. But it should not be on fire. It should already be, if, you know, if he loses three games, are they going to fire him right then and there and be like, this is cause? You know how much money you're spending? And then what kind of signal are you sending in to another coach that might be coming in? That that right there, to me, would be a red flag. As a coach coming in, if Auburn football opened up and you're an assistant coach, to me, that would be a red flag. Well, you got rid of Gus and you're paying him this much money. Well, now you're going to get rid of him because of this, this, or that. That's a red flag to me. But Brian Harson's on the hot seat. Doesn't deserve to be on the hot seat. Again, I think you need three to five years, no matter what the situation is. But he's on the hot seat. Um, he's won it. You know, let's go over the Boise State records real quick. 12-2, and 9-4, and 10-3, 11-3, and 10-3, 12-2. And, and then 7-5 and five in 2020, COVID year, is what it is. Then you go 6-7 and seven at Auburn. He does deserve more time. Regardless of what people think. And I'm sorry, if that's the standard for making it or keeping your job, um, that sucks. And it's not fair. Makes no sense. And it's not fair. So he's on the hot seat. Last coach that we're going to talk about that's on the hot seat. We've already talked about him before. How he, I guess, from the standards of college football has his job, I don't know. It's Scott Frost. Scott Frost has been on the hot seat for a while, in my opinion. Seat should be scorching. Scorched earth is what his seat should be. Like, it's so hot that the devil he was could probably look at it, sit on and go, oh my God, man, that's hot. Like, man, my ass is on fire. Like, that's the type of thing how hot it should be. Again, I want nobody to lose their job. But if you're talking about the traditions of Nebraska, if you're talking, because he played there, he understands it. And you're talking about, you know, why they brought him in, why they wanted him in. What has he done? Because here's the thing. Nebraska is known for football. And how they got rid of coaches before, like Coach Bo Pliny, who was, okay, coaches that win there and they get rid of them. Like, for example, now they have that standard. They, they want to win. They want to win championships, and they want to win games. Like when Bo Pliny was there, he went 9-4, and 10-4, 10-4, 9-4, 10-4, 9-4, 9-4. Then he was 9-3, and three, got let go, and someone else comes in. And it's just kind of gone downhill since then. They bring in Mike Riley. He goes six and seven, nine and four, four and eight. 
doesn't make the cut, then they bring in Scott Frost. Scott Frost is an offensive genius. His offense at UCF was amazing. You know, people want to run it ever since then. It's very similar to Auburn. It's very similar to what Coach Brent Deerman's doing and other guys are doing. It's an offense that us high school coaches want to run. It's a big type of deal because you want to run Scott Frost's offense, especially when he's at UCF. And people still do. Um, That's why I think that um, UCF had success after he left um, because they ran similar stuff. And then that's why UCF continues to have success because Coach Malzahn comes in and they continue to run similar things. Yeah, there's tweaks and, you know, um, I don't think Gus is quite as fast as, like, Scott Frost wants to be. But they're similar, similar formations, they're similar shifts, they're similar run schemes, and then you just start to make it RPO. So it's very similar, and it's programs that UCF has been pretty lucky um, to keep similar style offensive minds there uh, to continue on that success. But Scott Frost comes in, very high expectations, played in Nebraska. Nebraska wants to win football games. They want to compete for Big Ten championships. They want to compete for national champions. Well, one of the mistakes they made was leaving the Big 12. I think if they go back to the Big 12, they have a better chance of doing it than the Big 10. It's also hard to recruit to Nebraska, uh, especially with NIL stuff going on, transfer portal. It's very tough. But one of the concerns you need to have with Scott Frost, so let's talk about this. Just, just, just recently, they turned themselves in for NCAA violations, which is supposed to be good when you turn yourself in. So, Nebraska football coach Scott Frost hit with minor penalties for coaching violations. Nebraska football coach Scott Frost received a one-year show-cause order and a five-day suspension to be served during the championship segment of the 2022 season as part of penalties for violating NCAA rules regarding um, countable coaches. This was written May 2nd of 2022 by Adam Rittenberg on ESPN. The NCAA Committee on Infractions released its findings after Nebraska agreed to level two violations and penalties as part of a negotiated resolution. The school acknowledges that in 2020, former special teams analyst Jonathan Rutledge coached Nebraska players during practices and film sessions and also helped with in-game coaching decisions, which violates NCAA rules for non-coaching staff members. The NCAA limits teams to 10 assistant coaches, and while many analysts are employed, they are not permitted to provide on-field or in-game instruction, which is weird. Um, do they? So they just talk to coaches, I guess? Sure. Nebraska also had his probation extended through April 23rd, receiving a $10,000 fine and received a reduction of countable coaches during two practices this spring and non-coaching staff for five days during the 2022 season. We have an outstanding collaboration with NCAA, and I want to thank the NCAA staff for their time and professionalism through this process, Nebraska Athletic Director Trev Albert said in a statement. It's important for the Nebraska Athletic Department and football program to put this matter behind us and turn our full attention to the upcoming season. We are pleased with the outcome and believe the negotiation results are fair and equitable. Um, I'm the head coach. Or the head coach failed to monitor the special teams analyst and negotiating result reads in part. He was present when some of the violations occurred and identified red flags, yet he did not consult with compliance when he noticed those red flags to ensure the special teams analyst complied with NCAA legislation. Um, so I, it's not a big deal to me. Who cares? But that's just something very minor. If, if you're not supposed to have those type of people on the field talking to the players or do anything, that's a very easy thing to notice. And we've talked about Scott Frost before. You know, he he fired a couple coaches. He fired an offensive coordinator, fired running backs coach, fired somebody else. And then he comes out and says, me as the play caller, I have too much on my plate, blah, blah. I'm going to hand over the play call. So if you're calling the plays, who was your offensive coordinator? And I hate that. Why are you calling them the offensive coordinator even though you're the one that's calling plays? So you're putting the blame on them. It's a Matt Nagy move, which very frustrates me to no end. Um, Scott Frost has not done the job in Nebraska. Has not recruited well. Has not won. Has not won. It's not won. So, another article. It was written at the beginning of the year this year. Since Scott Frost became Nebraska's 30th head football coach, there have been numerous roster departures from Lincoln. Now, is this a huge deal to some people? No, but it kind of has to be over the years. With the transfer portal, who knows? This could be pretty huge. Starting in 2018, there have been 67 players leave for various reasons. Some were no doubt significant losses for the team who could have helped improve Nebraska's chances of winning some games. 
Some retired from the game for medical reasons, and others were just flat out um, minuses in scouting, development, or both. So 67 people have left. Then you have your quarterback who has been at Nebraska longer than probably Scott Frost, um, Adrian Martinez, transferred and is going to go play to Kansas State. This article was written last year in December. He's excited for the next chapter. Hashtag go Cats. Martinez posted to Twitter. He holds 16 school records at Nebraska, including career total offense of 10,792 yards. He was the first Husker true freshman quarterback to start a season opener and the first three-time team captain in school history. That's huge. He started 11 games and hurt his shoulder at the end during the finale when they played number 24, or November 24th. Then he entered a transfer portal. December 2nd. Now, this it's the time of, this is where, we, where we're at. People enter the transfer portal. Um, he has one year eligibility remaining, and he will go to Kansas State. So, you, you have 67 guys leave, and that includes him. And you have a guy that's been there for a long time, gave you a chance, and then left. Scott Frost, as he got to Nebraska, he goes 4-8, and 5-7, and 3-5, and 3-9. and nine. But he's been in a ton of close games. But that's what we've talked about. Are you seeing consistency? And then outside the consistency, what else is going on? So if you're having consistency, but there's other stuff surrounding the program, kind of like Jimbo Fisher in Florida State and all this other stuff, those concerned of red flags. Are you seeing improvement and you're competing in your conference? Keep them. He has not done that. Now, it's been tough to recruit. Are those guys leaving because of Scott Frost? Don't know. Are they leaving because it's Nebraska? Who knows? Are they leaving because of assistant coaches? Who knows? Is that why he really fired them? Who knows? But these are red flags. I also think because Scott Frost, in an article, was considered, uh, I think it was five or six, best quarterback to come through Nebraska. I think that bought him time. I think that gave him, you know, they said, you know, it's, it, they're thinking, oh, he's one of ours. He's one of us. We're going to give him some time to build this up. I think you're giving him time. Again, I said three to five years. This will be the five years. So let's just say those records again. Four and eight to five and seven to three and five COVID year, three and nine. This year, there's some people thinking that they're going to win some football games. But this year, you want to go 3-9 again. He's probably going to be let go. I am not calling for him to be let go. I hope he keeps his job. I hope he turns it around and does not beat Illinois. But I hope he wins. Wins a couple games. Let's talk about their schedule. Is it possible for them to go undefeated up to a certain point? First game in Dublin, for some reason, they play Northwestern. That's not an easy game. Northwestern can definitely beat them. But it's a game Nebraska, in all honesty, can win. Then North Dakota, they should win. Georgia Southern should win. Oklahoma, they're not going to win. Indiana, team that they could beat, but, you know, Coach Allen's getting up there. Rutgers, not the same Rutgers. Purdue, Purdue did very well last year. Illinois, Illinois had their number. Minnesota had a down year the last year, so that means they're supposed to have a good year. Michigan, your reigning Big Ten champion. Wisconsin, who got hot at the end. Iowa, who is Iowa? It's another tough schedule. So you're looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You're going to see six to eight or nine losses probably if they don't turn it around because of how good the other teams are. Now they've played very close games. Very close games. But it comes down to... Can can you get them over the hump in these close games? Are you able to get them over that? And it has not proven so. And this might be the year. He might come in and they win. They might win six day games. They win six day games and keep his job. But with how much they've struggled, who they've lost to, being in close games and not quite getting it there, you can't be Brian Kelly and say, you know, we're not what they we were. Notre Dame so close, but it's just just the players. How the players? You can't blame the players. You have to blame everybody. You have to blame players and coaches. Coaches are going to take the responsibility. So if you're not able to push them over that and get the players in the situation to do it, job's going to be hurt. May not have a job. So Scott Frost's seat has just been on fire. He's It's been on fire for so long that he can, it doesn't even bother. It's all gone. 
nerves are all gone for Scott Frost in his seat. It's it's been on fire for a long time. Um, well, that wraps up this episode. Thank you guys for so much for watching and or listening. Again, can't say it enough. Thank you for everybody who listens or watches. Thank you for anybody that subscribes. We need to get the subscribe members way, 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 way up. Um, so please hit the subscribe button on the YouTube channel. Leave a comment in the comment section down below. And I, if you do, I'm going to respond. I proved it last video. So please do that. Um, go follow it um, wherever you listen to your podcast. Please go right on Apple if you can. If not, you can do it on Spotify now. But if you're listening on Apple or the iTunes, go rate it and review that, please. And thank you. Check out all the affiliates in the description below. Um, check out all the other episodes. Thank you guys again for watching and or listening. This is Coach Steve. Um, and we will see you on the next episode. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. <laughs> Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22.